As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show presented by Sling. Nicole's here, Ari's here, that means it's time to pick some games, but first... We got to talk about a story that Nicole wrote this week. And the last episode, you heard Ari and I bickering like little kids about the 12 team college football playoff. We found something we agree upon. Nicole, please tell us about this column that really it warmed, warmed the cockles of my heart to read this. Well, I'm glad it's bringing you guys together. It is it is the olive branch between you because there's not really a good argument against uh, not having more games on campus. So I, Andy, we've talked about this. We understand that with the new college football playoff, there's essentially two different things that they're looking at. One is 2024-2025 with the existing contracts. That's when people talk about breaking bowl contracts, the Rose Bowl, all of these these issues. And then there's an entirely new contract that they're, you know, starting from scratch on for 2026 onward. And that's where I think there's some opportunity to look at what they're doing, where they're playing the games and say, is this going to make a lot of sense? And right now, the way that it's set up, as we all know, is home games for seeds five through eight and one through four get a buy. So theoretically, if Georgia continues to win the SEC year in and year out, they are never going to get to host a game in Athens, which doesn't make very much sense. No, it's um, not really a reward. <laughs> it's really not. I mean, I people will take the buy, but if you just add one more round of campus games in the quarterfinal round, it solves those problems. Plus, it's one of those things, and you guys agree with this. I mean, we've just watched some incredible games, like we're literally coming off of an incredible atmosphere at Sanford stadium for Tennessee, Georgia. The games are just better. That's the magic of college football. When you have that atmosphere and a meaningful game. So I can easily see us getting to a point here where we see how it is. We see the first round games. We know they're awesome. We're like, huh, a little bit of a head scratcher that Georgia doesn't get to host these. And hmm, shouldn't we have more, Let's just yeah. skip that step. We know well, how that's going to go. Um, and so the column was that- to make that case. And uh, Joe Castiglione, Oklahoma's athletic director, and Graham Neff Clemson both went on the record making the case for this and for the fact that otherwise you're asking fans to travel three consecutive mm-hmm. trips in a row to neutral sites. And, 
you know, J- Joe Stiglione said, I just think it will be epic to have the first round of quarterfinal games on the campuses. And he's right. It would be. These would be the memorable games, the reason we love the sport. And he also said it would be fan-friendly. And Graham Neff and he both went into this in the story. But again, so three consecutive trips plus a conference championship game in some years for some of these teams. So that's a lot of money. That's a lot of travel. Um, it's just a lot to ask for. There will be fatigue. You're not, if you're a team that regularly is making the playoff, I just, I don't see why, why would your fans go to a quarterfinal game? No, they, why they, would they you it, travel? Why would you spend the money? Well, and you can make the basketball comparison, but let's, let's break down the numbers. Like, let's say you have a team that is really good and is going to make the final four in basketball. You, you may travel to the conference tournament, but you may not because you've got three weekends, but that first weekend in the NCAA tournament, you have eight teams at one site in yep. generally like a 16,000-seat arena. So you've only got to bring 2,000 fans. And then the, the second weekend, there's four teams at, at, a, at a site, usually in about a 20,000-seat arena. So you've got to bring 5,000 fans. Now, you've got to bring a quarter of a football stadium the third time. But in the football playoff, you've got to bring half a football stadium three times. Like, that is so many people. It's like 35,000 people each time. I don't think there's a single human being on the face of the earth that's going to sit here and say it wouldn't be better or more fun to have it on campus. Like, it's it's so abundantly clear that, you know, these college communities would also benefit from it, too, in a huge way. Um, And it's just better football. It's better atmospheres, and it's a better advantage. And if you want to talk about, you know, in our argument about – the consequences of losing and losing a home game or whatever, then actually up the stakes as much as you can to make those stakes come mm-hmm. back. That I'm agreed. So the thing that I think is interesting yep. is, is that a team like Georgia who will be with the way that they're recruiting and the way that they're coached in the top four, probably, or the top five every single year moving forward. The only time that that team as it's currently cons- constructed will ever host a game is on their down years where they make it anyway. It's yes. like if they lose three three times one year because yeah. their quarterback got injured or something happened and they still make it because there's no way they'll never not make it now. That's the only way that you'll ever get to watch a, your team play. Right. So I guess it's, the reward so of being bad for the fans is that they get to see a playoff game at home. It's very backwards, and it that that's why, again, like we talk about, okay, what are their different things to play for for the regular season down the stretch? Adding that element... Um, and, and making that a reward for those top four teams makes a lot of sense. And, you know, Ari, you mentioned the the local community aspect and the local businesses. Um, you know, Audrey Snyder talked to the Happy Valley, uh, what the Happy Valley Adventure Bureau. And they said that a home game. What a game great at name Penn for a State. chamber of commerce. Wow. <laughs> it's, so good. it's so good. <laughs> What's it's happening so in Happy good. Valley? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, an adventure, an adventure. But they told Audrey that. The impact of a home game at Penn State on the local state college community is roughly twelve million dollars. Like that is a massive number, and you're also and that's looking just on at hotels athletic. there. <laughs> well, that's true. They're, they need to build more hotels. This could be an even bigger number, but they do price gouge. But fourteen hundred dollars um, for a know, Fairfield in that city. <laughs> I, I think because there's only one. But like yeah. also in another element of this for these athletic directors who, understandably, are thinking about these issues about fan travel and all these things is like. If, if season ticket holders had access to playoff games as part of the season ticket package, uh, this, this is what helps. the ADs really want. 
this is what they want. They want to make people buy season tickets. And it's part of the reason, like we're seeing it shift in some of the home and homes that we're seeing scheduled with the Florida's and the Georgia's and the Alabama and in Ohio state, because like, it's so easy to watch games at home. So all of these things are factors. And, to Ari's point, the only people who really want these games to be played at neutral sites are people who work for the Bulls and traditionalists. So uh, the point of the column, and I think the point of some of these athletic directors going on the record is there's plenty of time to solve this problem by 2026. So please do. Exactly. Are there yes. traditionalists that care about the middle tier Bulls? Like, who are we trying to save here? There, there, there are some people who think they do. Most of the people who agree with you on the 12-team playoff, Ari, <laughs> they, they, they're just people who generally fear change. Don't fire me up again, bro, because I'll, I'll, I'll snap yeah, back. Yeah, you know, this they, is they, supposed they, to be a big show. They, they just no, we're not change. doing that they, today. Yeah. No, we're not. We don't have time. We got to pick games. But but they they don't want... See, Ari's got an alarm to argue with me. Um, <laughs> they they don't... Is that, wait, you, is that what you have for your phone? Like a, a phone call? No, this is my... Uh, That's an alarm. Alarm to make sure okay. that I didn't uh, sleep through the podcast, podcast this morning. Yeah. Congratulations, you oh, didn't. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah and was, I hit snooze kind of twice. Late. A late no, because yeah, I, I kept hitting say, snooze on, to shut it up. Yeah, I'm well, sorry, guys. I was going to say, t- today was a like a sleep. Like, normally, my alarm 6.20 a.m. every day because you got to get the kids to school. We're getting hit by a tropical storm right now, so they don't have school. So I got to sleep in today. But I just wish I could sleep in one time. You know, you know the name of nope. the, the name of this tropical storm? Nicole. It's Nicole. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. not happy about it. I usually get excited when there's... Things in pop yeah. culture that are named what's after me, system? but not What's the not system for how they name these again? Isn't there like a rhyme or reason for it? I, I don't think you can repeat if one of them has been really bad. Like the the one named after me, Andrew, was awful, obviously. There was an yeah. Andrew before that. There was like a tropical storm Andrew years before that. But then obviously in, in 19... Why are we humanizing these things? I don't understand. I, I don't know. I, I, I guess yeah. it makes it easier. I just... I, I've gotten tired of like the... As someone who lives in Florida, like I get really tired of the disaster porn on the Weather Channel. Like, yeah, my feelings on Jim Cantore have changed over the years. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not down with it anymore. I because- don't know. Like, you know, we talked with Ralph Russo about the weather. I do feel like there is a lot of sensationalism as it pertains to the weather oh, in every hundred percent. Like, I, I'm looking. Uh, like, I go to the Weather Channel app this morning. Just to see, okay, how much longer is it going to rain? Where where are we in the storm right now on the radar? And it's Nicole batters Florida, deadly winds, and and yes, it's dangerous. Yes, you should be careful. People who live in Florida understand that, but it doesn't. It's not nearly as bad as they're trying to make it sound. And the, the pro- and the, the problem is, is that yeah. when there actually is another Katrina, or right. one that's actually legitimately doing those things, yep. we're so accustomed to reading these dramatic words and in the disasters Mm -hmm. that we don't we're less likely to take it seriously when actually you're in in big big danger so you know i don't know the the whole everything with the weather is whenever i live in the midwest is the snow is going to shut down the power grid and you know it's like it's like come on see see i was going to say the one thing that's helpful about living in the midwest and that is no one freaks out because they're used to everything yeah you salt the roads and we're used to we're used to the the tropical cyclones we're we're used to them we understand like if there's one that's going to make landfall as a category one you worry if you are in the immediate path on the coast everybody else is like okay we're going to be fine if there's one that's coming in as a category four everybody worries and everybody gets the hell out and you just you you just get used to it but 
And that's weather with the Andy Staples show. But yeah, two <laughs> years ago, uh, it snowed like it would just on a regular day in Chicago here, and the entire city shut down for a week. Oh, yeah. Like a, no, it, it, was just, it was unbelievable. Atlanta had that, too, and a few years ago. where they, they, What do they call it? Hothlanta. So now I'll, I'm going to turn this back to, to gambling, of course, because do you know the reason that Brent Musburger said you are looking live on the NFL today when they showed the shot of warm-ups at the Meadowlands. It was so gamblers would know what the weather was and would mm. know if weather was going to affect the game. Yeah, I mean, he's always been uh, on the on the dark side with that one. So I'm, yeah. I'm happy. And by the dark side, I mean the glorious side. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <clears throat> All right, let's, let's get to the picks. We have what to watch for presented by Sling. This one's at noon on ESPN. It is my Admiral Akbar special. That's right. It's a trap. Ari has no idea what that reference means. Admiral it's Akbar. It's a Star Wars thing, though, because yes. I know that I use he's it. The on, one, he's yeah. the one who looks like a squid. Uh, his species is called Mon Calamari. I actually think his planet is called Mon Calamari. Uh, and he's the one who says, it's a trap. And I see it all the time on gambling Twitter. Yes, this is a trap. LSU, three-point three, <laughs> three point favorite at Arkansas. Wait, you're saying, aren't you guys saying that LSU's going to make the playoff? Why are they only a field goal favorite against a team that just lost to Liberty at home? Because it's a trap. <laughs> so you are you rolling Arkansas here? Uh, no, no, I think LSU wins, but but I think Vegas thinks it's a trap for sure. Yeah, I, I think that it's kind of one of those things where when I see a line like this, like the temptation is to just go all in and just be like, you know what, there's no way that you LSU isn't at least a field goal better than Arkansas. Um, but then it feels super weird to me because you would think that the line would be seven or something like that. And then I realize that, you know, hey, this could be this could be, like you said, a trap. So I like to to watch the game live. Um, it's like one of those games too, where LSU is going to have a bunch of offsides penalties, and the a punter is going to muff a punt. And it's like I don't know how Vegas predicts it, but um, you know LSU. You know, so y'all think that LSU can beat Georgia? I think that LSU has to worry about beating Arkansas first because there's yes, an absolute real life yes, potential real that they could problem. lose this football game based on what the line is telling us. And I, yes, I say this to Andy all the time. I said it to him to before the Notre Dame Clemson game last yep, week. I said, exactly. "Hey, I, I look at this. This is this is this is Vegas telling you what's going to happen before it happens." And sure enough, it happened. So I I would not take this game with my own personal money, um, but I'm going to have to pick LSU just because it's kind of like one of those things at a poker table where you're playing, you've got a really good hand, and somebody raises you, and sometimes you just call them demanding to see what they have. Yeah, I, I, I think so as well. But this kind of reminds me of, was it just last week where K-State was coming off of mm-hmm. that 48-0 win and over they were, they were Oklahoma State? Texas, and they were yep. dogs. And everyone was like, well, that doesn't make much sense. And like, this is obviously we should go with K-State. And I picked Texas in that game because, you know, it just feels like in college sports and you talk to any coach and they'll talk about it. But the volatility of having 18 to 23-year-olds go week in and week out and the highs and the lows and everything that might affect the way a team plays uh, is pretty great. So but yeah. I'm going to take LSU in this, but I, I do think the idea of a letdown, a trap game, all of those things are are very real, especially after we've been patting LSU on the back right. for a it, week. You, you've got a youngish team that is kind of still learning its way that just had the biggest win of the season going to play a goodish team that just lost the game it shouldn't have to an opponent that it shouldn't have even come close to losing to. Well, well, and and we got this question in in the live chat as we're uh, 
as we're doing this live YouTube show. And the question is, like, can LSU beat Georgia? I mean, this is part of the problem, right? Like, you can easily now look forward and say, like, there is a path to LSU making the playoff. Like, all of that has changed in the last week. And so it's very easy to say, oh, you get caught looking ahead. Also, LSU can't lose because if they lose this game and Ole Miss were to beat Alabama and win out the rest of the way, Ole Miss would be the, the SEC West champ. Now, Alabama's lost two SEC games, so so LSU can can have two SEC losses and still win the West as long as Alabama beats Ole Miss. But, if, they, if LSU loses this game uh, on Saturday, it's just going to be like Alabama is a cockroach that just will not die because it's basically opening up the door for Alabama to sneak back into the SEC championship game because they would only need LSU to lose one more time after this. And like you're looking at their schedule and it's just like they're not supposed to lose any of the games that they have remaining. If they lose this first one, it's like Alabama is just one win and an we LSU yeah, loss. Really, okay, I don't I don't think LSU is going to beat Georgia, but I am really feeling good about LSU against Texas A&M. If we're if we're going to really look ahead, I I'm okay with that. Yeah, I yeah, think well, I, I mean, what if Texas A&M gets healthy? Uh, the flu passes. Connor Wegman <laughs> has the game. I mean, like, it's not like they're playing Vandy. Like, they're playing know. a team that they could theoretically not, lose to. Yeah, I'm never going to back AM the rest of the season yeah. at this point. No, there's though. no reason to back yeah, them, but I, I'm I, saying I, I if, if LSU going- loses to Arkansas, you don't think there's like this, this creeping emotion in the back of college football's head saying, hey, is Alabama going to sneak their way back into Atlanta now? This is Are- why I've been saying. I think we're headed towards a playoff without Alabama and Clemson, but yeah, you have I, to be careful. They won't. They won't die. <laughs> they never die. What is dead may never die? Oh, sorry. like because honestly, like if Alabama the, wins the, the SEC Ironborn this year, in Game of Thrones, my if bad. Alabama wins the SEC this year, they're going to the playoff. I got news for you. So the only way to keep them out of the jort because if they get to Atlanta somehow, I'm picking them to beat them. Okay, let's not. We are jumping way too just, far ahead. Just we stop, are Ari, lots just of trap. Stop. We're talking about yeah. a trap. I know, I know, I know. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. I, I love how this is. This is just letting me go all sci-fi fantasy and drive Ari crazy because I've now made Star He's Wars missing. references. He Game misses of Thrones references. But they're Do going you like over Star his Wars, head. Nicole? No, not Star Wars. But Do you like Game sci-fi? of Thrones, I watched. Hmm? Do you like comic book movies? Uh, yeah. So I did a full-on MCU watch Ooh. last year. I never. Wa- I'd only watched a couple the of Marvel those movies. The Marvel Comics universe. Uh, you didn't uh, know what the MCU was? No, oh my I god. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so then I watched them all in timeline order. So now, yeah, I'm in. I'm you liked all in. them? You were enjoying it? Yeah, I did. I did. It's weird. Well, so you're going to have to watch Avengers Endgame, so I'm excited for that. For who? Who's watching Avengers Endgame? That's one isn't, of our bets. You're going to lose one aren't you? at some point. Yeah. Oh, I mean, just so, just give me the spicy chip, okay? I'll deal with it. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually trying to look up the Auburn A&M line on, on betmgm.com right now, but I, I was distracted because they also have a tab called Gaelic Sports, which has a Viking hat as its, as its icon. And now I'm just what, looking at what Gaelic Sports are. I don't even, I don't should, understand should we make any a of pick? words. Is there a tug of war on there <laughs> or should, something? Should we do that next week? Should that be in next Friday's pick? I, I think that's an off-season pick show. We'll go okay, Gaelic fine. Sports. I would fine. absolutely gamble on that, by the way. <laughs> Could you imagine Ari watching a, a bunch of would you watch like if they had Vikings doing tug of war on television? Yes. And they, they like showed them like one their body types percent. and stuff. You wouldn't one. bet on that and watch that. That would be so much bet fun. On that. I wouldn't if, bet on it. Oh, um, it would make it so much more fun to watch. The spread is uh, Texas A&M plus one and a half, Andy. Okay. Yeah. Auburn by a million after the first Cadillac Williams interview. 
I have no idea who was going to win that game. I just, I just, if you if you watched Cadillac yes. Williams in that first game against Mississippi State, which where they almost came back, whoa. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who are actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring, and it's time you join that number. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash CFB23. That's linkedin.com slash CFB and the number's 23 to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. These lines, by the way, all presented by our friends at BetMGM. Let's go to the most interesting line of the week, I think. This is the college game day game. TCU in Austin at Texas. TCU is a seven-point dog to the horns. Ari is hooking them as we speak. Wow. I think this is the end of the road, guys. You think so? Don't say that. I'm sorry. I hate to. I hate to be the party pooper. I called the end of the road for Kansas. Uh, uh, you did. I, th- I think this is the end of the road. Um, it is so appropriate too that they make it to the top four. Then they have to play Texas the following week on the road with Gary Patterson walking around there with an extra strut, strut in his step, like George Bush after he won the election. You know that that walking forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, step where is it he's like the, lean is into like it. the Vince, the Vince McMahon coming out of the tunnel. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I, th- I, it's a little different, but yes, there's like a, there's a lean. I don't watch wrestling lean. either. I'm sorry. Uh, I know, but I know who Vince it's, Vince, a, yeah. it's a meme of is George used. Bush walking. No, okay. Vince McMahon walking. Oh yeah, I've seen yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. in yeah. an ill-fitting suit. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, that's what I do in mall food courts. Um, I, I will take all your honey chicken samples, please. Oh my god. I just think that this team has has been excellent all year. I think that going undefeated is a very hard thing to do. I think when you're going on the road playing a team as talented as Texas, coming off of a big win against a really good team, like I just, you know, especially if, if Texas thrives in situations where there's no stakes for them. Um, well, I guess there are stakes. They're trying to get into the Big 12 championship. Right, they're, right? they're still alive for that. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, I, I, yeah. Just, I think that Texas is probably going to. I don't know. If they're a hundred percent, if I felt comfortable about Texas covering, but I think they're going to win the football game this weekend. Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I've decided out of principle, I'm not going to pick against TCU because 
I mm-hmm. want like this. I, I felt this way about Kansas. There's just certain teams. I'm just going to ride it out until until there's a loss, until the thing comes crashing down, which Ari thinks is going to happen this week. But you're right that it would be poetic that you break through, you get to the top four, and then it's Texas of all brand name teams. Right, because TCU dominated Texas when Texas was lost in the woods. And maybe Texas is still lost in the woods. We're going to find out. But I am going to take TCU because the personalities of these two teams jive together in a way that favors TCU. Tcu falls behind and yep. comes back. Texas yep. takes leads and, and gives blows them, them away. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take TCU to win this. Game. Well, I, I feel good. You're giving me a whole touchdown. I feel very good about taking TCU in this game. So we shall see how that goes. Let's head out west. Washington headed to Autzen Stadium. This is a really critical stretch for Oregon. It is hard. Uh, if you read my blind resume Heisman column that, that appeared on The Athletic on Thursday, uh, you, you'll read some interesting stuff about Bo Nix and what he's already done, but he's about to be tested. Washington this week, Utah next week, a very good Oregon State team the following week, and then, if all goes well, another good team in the Pac-12 championship game. But first things first, the Ducks have to deal with the Huskies. Washington is a 13.5-point dog. In a rivalry game. How do we feel about this, guys? Yeah, it feels like feels like a lot of points. Um mm-hmm. and, and I and I get it because you know Washington has been very one-dimensional or very good or very bad in games. Um, so I, I understand all of that. Oregon's averaged over 40 points a game since week one. They've looked like a different team. We saw the way that they beat UCLA in a very Chip Kelly-esque type of fashion Mm -hmm. of the way that they play and score. Um, But it just feels like a lot of points. So I I don't know. I'm leaning towards taking Washington. I don't think they're going to win the game. But Ari, tell me if that if that point, if if the line surprises you. The line kind of surprises me. I just think that for as much as we love watching Michael Penix play the game, uh, he is prone to terrible turnovers sometimes. I, I mean, if you watch the game on Friday night last week, uh, he threw a pick six right before halftime. Um, the thing that that really does kind of scare me about this is that Oregon's defense isn't very good right now, right? And if Penix has one of his great games or his good games, which we've seen him have, I think Washington will be able to score. Like, I still can't get that Michigan State game out of my head watching it's, them go up yeah. and down the field. Like, they, yeah. they have yeah. something there. Um, and it is a rivalry game, so you have to assume that Washington's going to come in with their A game. And I was on a uh, Oregon podcast on the Oregonian yesterday for 20 minutes just talking about the Oregon column I wrote on Monday. And I'm looking at their schedule to close the year out. And it's, it's hard. They're playing Washington, Utah, and Oregon State all in a row to close yeah. it out. And I don't think Oregon is going to finish the regular season uh, or the Pac-12 regular season undefeated. I think they will lose one. Mm-hmm. I just don't know which one I would choose. This, this is the same thing we've talked about with TCU and what we were talking about last yeah. week with Clemson. Where we said, yeah, where we said, okay, even if they get past Notre Dame, they still would have to beat Louisville, South Carolina, and probably North Carolina, and we don't think they can do that. Oregon feels like they're in the same. I do think they can beat all these teams, but I, I'm I'm with you, Ari. The cumulative effect of all of them in a row. Well, here here's another factor. So a Pac-12 team has never been undefeated in Pac-12 play in the current iteration of right. the league. 
It's really hard to do. And we've been kind of penciling That's a good in start. Oregon. I didn't know that, Nicole. That's a good yeah. start. Yeah, well, we've been penciling Oregon in as this one loss Pac-12 champion, right? What does that mean for the playoff? That's still asking someone to do something that they've never done since the Pac-12 has been at this size. So I, I think that that is a, a fair point. This is an interesting one from Joshua, Joshua Yost. Yost. Washington yeah. has not covered against a Pac-12 team this year. Uh, that's a little concerning. That's a little concerning. Here, Here's my thing. I'm with you, Ari, on the defense. I also think that a lot of these Pac-12 teams that I very much enjoy watching, that I'm staying up until 2 a.m. to watch on Saturday nights, a lot of them have defensive issues, um, which could lead to a very uh, entertaining couple final weeks of the season. So I, I don't know if that's going to ultimately matter if Oregon's going to be able to to outscore and, and to beat people the way that they have. I think I've come around on this after this stat about Washington has not covered against a Pac-12 team. I think I'm going to take Oregon in this. It's a lot of yeah. points, but I'm going to take the Ducks. Quack. Yeah, I think Oregon is the play here, too, because it's the first of the gauntlet. Yeah. Like, if this was the second or third game, maybe. But, like, I think that, like, this might be setting up for them to lose at Oregon State at the end of the year. Yeah. Because Oregon State's a really good football team. Speaking of the Pac-12, if you want to see Caleb Williams throw seven touchdown passes, Colorado visits USC on Friday night. So, you you get a, a taste of that before USC hits the UCLA Notre Dame gauntlet. <laughs> so you, if you want to get an idea of what the Trojans look like. All right, guys, let us move elsewhere in the country. Let's go to the other Death Valley, Louisville at Clemson. This is the one I thought would get Clemson, but Notre Dame already got him. A little intrigue. Dabo Sweeney says, you got to stop. We, we got to play Cade Clubbing more, but we got to stop putting him in bad spots. Does that mean they're going to start him? Does that mean he gets a couple series? Or do you mean are they not going to put him in when he's on his own goal line? That's also potentially what he's talking about. <laughs> that was a terrible position to put him in, and he immediately throws a pick. So, but are you, you watch are your you mouth? Cons- That's a five-star quarterback you're talking about. He threw an interception, <laughs> a bad interception. So is DJ. Malik, but here, Malik Cunningham was not a five-star quarterback. Here, here's the thing, but though. he's the are better guys, quarterback in this game. Yeah, yeah. Are you, aren't you guys concerned about the way the quarterback situation's been going for Clemson and all uh-huh. of these questions? Yeah, I'm still extremely concerned about that. Yeah, Louisville's getting a touchdown. I don't know in this one because I did not expect drew crazy legs pine to have success on the ground against Clemson, but he had a couple runs when he needed to, are they going to be able to contain Malik Cunningham? Because my thought was, okay, a team with a D line like this, you're not going to be able to run on them. I was wrong. Notre Dame could run on them. Louisville's mm-hmm. gotten better and better. Like is Scott Satterfield was done a quarter of the way through the season. They could go nine and three. They could also go six and six, but they could go nine and three is Louisville kind of good now. Like kind what, of yeah. what are yeah. they? Kind, kind of good, good. Is, is is probably accurate. There's they a lot of there's a lot of BC. They lost teams in, to BC. I know. Yeah, that's, that, that's why kind of. But like they, they're the ACC has been even more ACC than usual this year. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of teams in the middle that can beat each other, and you just don't know which and, team is going to show and, up. And they're one of them. If yeah. they play BC this week, they crush BC. Right, Louisville that lost to BC and got destroyed by Syracuse is not the team that is playing now. I think no. I mean, I think that I would not feel confident uh, laying a touchdown against really pretty much anybody if I were betting on Clemson this year. Um, the thing that I thought was the most concerning aspect of the whole thing of last week's game 
it wasn't so much that Clemson had offensive issues because I think we knew that going into it. What was more concerning to me was that Notre Dame physically outmuscled their defensive line. And I think that that's obviously yeah. not a talent issue. That might just be a locked in issue. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Louisville has a really good running game and they're, they've got one of the most explosive quarterbacks in college football. And if this game gets into a, a situation where Louisville's scoring, you have to count on Clemson to continue to match those touchdowns. I don't think they can do it. I think Clemson's going to win. I don't think they're going to cover. All right. Well, we're going to find out. We will get to our traditional underpick. But first, when we come back, we've got a guaranteed over. But before that, you're going to hear from one of the quarterbacks who is playing in that guaranteed over. That's right. North Carolina quarterback Drake May joined me and Ari. And we talked about all kinds of things. We talked about being from a really athletic family, being the, the youngest brother in said athletic family. We talked about scary movies. We talked desserts. And, of course, we asked a little bit about the Heisman Trophy because Drake May very much in the mix for that award. So when we come back, you're going to hear Drake May. And then it's the guaranteed over and the guaranteed under. We are joined now by University of North Carolina quarterback Drake May, the Tar Heels about to take on Wake Forest, and if the last two meetings are any indication, the scoreboard will probably not work by the end. Drake, <laughs> Drake what's up? How are we doing? Doing well, yeah, doing well. Just, uh, just got out of practice this morning. Thought we had uh, you know, a good week so far. Just getting prepared for you know, a tough one, like y'all said. Um, we got to you know, prepare for Wake Forest, but uh, just you know, ready to just treat it like another game. So uh, thanks for having me on. What, what has this season been like for you? Because this was one of those deals where – the, at least to us, they did not say the quarterback competition was over until really the, the first week of the season. You've really taken this job and run with it. Did you expect to be this productive this quickly? Well, I think, you know, we got a lot of good players around me. Obviously, I've always had confidence in myself. Um, and then in this offense, Coach Longo, um, you know, got a lot of, you know, athletes in space, and my job is to give them the ball. So uh, I think I'm just, just trying to execute and do my part um, in the offense. And I think we've been doing a good job. Good job so far. Just trying to continue the trend, and I know we got our work cut out for us this, this last couple of weeks. So, uh, no, but overall, it's been, it's been fun out there. That's, I think that's the, the main thing. It's been uh, you know, having a blast out there um, with the guys and uh, just trying to you know, take it one week at a time. But uh, I think in, in this offense, I always kind of had confidence and, and felt like, um, you know, I could perform and uh, play at a high level to, to win some games. Drake, is your life just awesome right now? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> are you just like living the dream down there? Like, <laughs> yes, sir, yes. You know, has been my dream. Um, you know, coming here since you know, I was a little boy, coming to football games, basketball games. So, um, I think it's, you know, being a college quarterback, starting college quarterback at, at any school um, is, is an awesome opportunity, especially um, you know at, at my dream school and favorite school growing up. Well, you know, the thing that I think is most interesting about your path is that there is some basketball in your family and people view North Carolina as a basketball school to some extent, right? Uh, or to all extent, but here you guys are controlling your own destiny in the in the ACC race. Uh, your name is being attached to Heisman Trophy sentences so early in your career. North Carolina is still technically alive in the college football playoff race like playing football at UNC and doing what you guys are doing. Like are you changing the way people view it a little bit and like, does it feel amazing to do it so soon in your career? Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think, you know, thing, uh, you know, Sam, Sam coming um, and think the work he did um, a lot of other guys, especially, um, but uh, just kind of the past three years with Sam, I'm just trying to trying to build on it. And obviously coach Brown coming back was a huge part of that. So just trying to 
you know, get Carolina football back to, you know, the glory days in you know, the late 90s when Coach Brown was here first. And also we had some good years with obviously Trubisky in the past. So uh, we've had some, you know, proven in the past that we can have some good years. And I think uh, we've got to keep up uh, this far. But so far it's been uh, it's been fun. We're, we're uh, making some noise, and, and like you said, in the, in the national uh, national news. So uh, just also at the same time, we got to try to, you know, keep us, keep us steady, steady focused on the you know, big things, not let that get too big. We'll be right back after these words. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The Fall Guy, only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So, Drake, dad played quarterback at UNC. Older brother Luke, basketball star at Carolina. But you initially committed to Alabama mm-hmm. and, and, then, and then decided to make that change. What was it about North Carolina that, that – was it what Sam was doing? Was it Coach Brown that made you decide, okay, I am going to go to the school that, that my heart – Mm-hmm. is with rather than the one where, you know, they've got all these receivers. They're producing these first-round quarterbacks. Yes, sir. I think, yes, I think that's a tough question. I think, you know, at the time uh, getting recruited, um, you know, North Carolina really wasn't, you know, with, with, with Coach Fedora here, they had some good years, but kind of the latter the latter part of his kind of his run, uh, they had some, you know, losing seasons, and North Carolina football wasn't really at a bright spot. So I think Coach Brown coming back and obviously seeing what Sam did here as a, as a local uh, North Carolina kid, uh, just didn't really want to miss out on uh, – you know, hometown kid, um, homegrown state. Uh, this is kind of, you know, the place I always, you know, wanted to come. And uh, just kind of felt like I followed my heart. And uh, obviously, you know, my parents had a say. And uh, my brother, uh, older brother, one year above me, coming here too. Um, so being at school with him. So but I think a lot of stuff played a real factor. Drake, I think that a lot of people, when they look through the recruiting process, you know, they say, well, this guy's family who came through here, he has blood ties to North Carolina. He's from around there. Uh, why wouldn't he go there? Uh, but is it different for somebody who's had so many ties to a place to, to commit there? And is it a little bit harder? You know, is there a, a, a different aspect to that than people give you credit for in terms of like following footsteps? I think so. I think especially with the quarterback position, uh, you know, being a crew as quarterback, um, usually the only one goes and uh, you know a lot of, kind of antics going into looking at, um, you know, who's there and stuff like that. Um, but at the end of the day, it didn't really matter um, about any of that. I was just, you know, wanted to play football here and want to play for Coach Brown. But, uh, you know, like you see, I think uh, even the Manning uh, kid in high school, you know, family ties, he's got it, you know, at Tennessee Ole Miss. Um, but he ended up picking a different spot. So uh, it really just depends on, you know, how you look at it. But, uh, you know, for me, just coming here, you know, it didn't really matter and just wanted to, Come and you know help uh, you know bring college football back, and I think Sam Sarden is trying to continue it. Drake, how humbling is it being the youngest of four brothers in an athletic family? How much do you get your ass kicked growing up? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, it was constant. 
Um, I think that really helped shape who I was, you know, especially uh, I think probably the first probably 13 or 14 years of my life. Um, my old brother, Bo, the one year above me, uh, they all grew. They were like all six, five and above. And I was like five, eight, just getting pushed around. Um, so I really didn't hit a, a growth spurt until late. So now I'm just starting to fit in and they all got beards and stuff. So I look a little <laughs> bit adopted. But uh, <laughs> uh, well, so, Luke went facial hair when he was playing it at Carolina, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All of them like like early in their high school careers have facial hair. And I'm still you know struggling to grow a beard. So uh, I'm 44 and I can't grow one. So don't feel bad. Yeah, sir. Yeah, this is part of it. Uh, definitely getting pushed around, but uh, now it's fun. I think being the youngest is a blessing, and uh, and they helped. Uh, you know, had some tough times, obviously, through the sport world, but uh, same time, you know, I get my fair share out of them, so it's fun. Drake, what's it like? Just like take me and, and the listeners through lighting up a scoreboard. Like, what's it like during the the game? Uh, what's it like in the huddle? What's it like when you throw a touchdown pass? I mean, just like. Just exp- try to explain that experience when you yeah. guys. Are- uh, that's a tough question. Then we got to ask this. Uh, I'll probably say uh, that feeling of uh, you know just constantly in the huddle. Um, you know, after scoring drive and you go back out there, it's really just like let's go do it again. Um, especially you know the way we distribute the ball, so many different guys scoring. You know, it's kind of like who's going to be the next guy, uh, whether it's a running back, tight end, receiver. Um, there's so many different guys. It's kind of like you know, here's your turn, or it's my turn now. So. Uh, you know, just trying to at the same time take your defense gives you, but uh, just you know, the, the skill guys we got and uh, the way we distribute the ball. Um, it's just like um, basically whoever 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 wants it and um, kind of it's, it's your turn. Like I said, it's your turn now, and you know maybe here here's your shot. But uh, we got we had a chance to um, you know every week we go out there to, to you know to light it up, and it really starts with me. So I got to be on my my A game. But uh, no, it's it's and the quarterback in this offense, it's uh you know it's his it's dream. Dream as a quarterback, you just you know get a chance to do so many different things, so many freedoms. Um, you know, throwing a touchdown, it's a uh, it's a good feeling. You know, when somebody else is involved. So, how how nice is it to know that you have Josh Downs out there mm-hmm. to go to? Oh yeah, uh, he's special. He's a special player. Um, he's he's you know anytime you know a guy like Josh is uh, you know catching catching your passes. Uh, I know you're in a, in a good spot. You just got a knack for getting open. Uh, he's so twitchy, and uh, you know, he plays the game with passion. Um, you always see him. Uh, you know, he loves the game of football, and he, and he loves getting open, so uh, pretty special. So you mentioned you love playing in this offense, and and, and Phil Longo, uh, your offensive coordinator, the architect of the scheme, but I want to ask you about his wife, Tanya. Where does her bread pudding rank in the pantheon of desserts? Oh, it's top-notch. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, probably I'm a big uh, pumpkin pie but uh, other than pumpkin pie, good pumpkin pie, I think her bread pudding uh, is, is at least top three for sure. Ari, we made we have to do a random dessert ranking on the show. I don't even know if I've ever had weeks. bread pudding before. Oh yeah, those oh, ice cream Lord. on top, you know, ice cream on top, oh, it'll make your day. No oh man, yeah, yeah. Ari, we got to take you to Keeneland in, in Lexington, Kentucky. They do the bread pudding. You can watch the horse races. Yeah, uh, they, put, they put bourbon in the bread pudding. It's oh, dumb. okay, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not much so. of a sweets guy. I'm more of a. Uh, French fries and pizza kind of guy, but uh, I need I need to brush up on my sweets. So, Dr- as you can tell, I got some intel from your OC. Mm. Has he turned your girlfriend against you too in terms of you know things, he, little projects he needs? Apparently, she's she's smuggling photos of you like flexing and posing with your you know the the guns out yeah. to, to your OC to to do what with what he will. <laughs> no, it comes along. He's got a lot of you know he's got a lot of power, but at the same time, he just tries to have fun with it. Um, yeah, so. Obviously, he knows, you know, my family and, and 
my girlfriend well. So uh, no, he keeps he keeps it light. I think it's the best thing about Coach Longo. You know, we're, we're building our relationship, and he uh, he cares about us off the field just as much about you know what we're doing on the field. But uh, hey. no, he gets he gets he gets after us a little bit, and but also we try to get back at him. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of a you know give and take type of scenario. Dre, coming into the year, what would if I would have asked you maybe in mid September, before the season started, what does success look like this year for you? How do you think you would have described it, and how does that you know compare to what's actually happening right now? Mm. I think uh, coming into this year, a big focus is to get back on track. Um, kind of you know not just uh, kind of as a team, but uh, you know last year with especially on the road, um, you know, being 0-6, uh, it didn't really sit right with us. So, that, you know, this in, in the summer, you know, our big thing was uh, kind of, you know, like the guys called getting our face back or, uh, you know, getting um, kind of not revenge, but, uh, you know, kind of starting that change in the narrative, um, kind of a soft kind of ACC football team. It was a basketball school. Uh, we just really want to, um, you know, not realize, let people know that we're not just basketball school. We're, we're back on track. And I think so far um, we've done that and we're starting to, you know, make some noise, and uh, we got a chance to do some special things at the end of the season. So we just gotta, you know, keep our our head on straight, and uh, you know, worry about these uh, one and zero each week. I think it's the big thing, and we got a tough one going in the wake. Uh, we got, like I said in the past, it's been it's been some fun games, so we gotta, you know, get after. Them. I know you're in the middle of showing everybody that North Carolina is in everything school, but I, I talked to Deems May, who, who calls your games on the radio, former North Carolina mm-hmm. tight end, dad of one of your teammates, former yes, teammate of your dad, and he said that if you had if you could get your wish that just maybe a game or two as like a three point sniper, <laughs> if you could get Hubert Davis to, to do that for you, how, how much would that mean to you? And also this is what, cause he said, you know, he just wants to go shoot threes. I was like, I've seen him play football. I mm. guarantee if somebody closes out on that dude, he's trying to drive past him and dump. Am I right? Uh, I think that's, I think that's fair. Yes, sir. I think, uh, you know, I can shoot it a little bit, but I like to get gritty in the paint. And uh, I mean, hopefully I didn't lose my jumping ability since my basketball days. But I think I may be able to still rise up and dunk one, maybe. I think so. So His older yeah, brother, like, made a living in the paint, didn't he? Well, and, 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 well, and your older brother, Bo, is a walk-on now wearing Hubert Davis's old number. Like, that is that's true. crazy. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize that. That's a good point you bring it up to. Wow. Harrison Barnes, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's two, good, two great players, phenomenal players. Um, but. I, I think that'd be awesome, you know, to get a chance to play, especially in the Dean Dome, kind of the history there, and you know what my brothers, uh, this kind of the whole whole shebang. So uh, it'd be it'd be pretty cool to yeah. know, sit and put on that uniform, um, just sitting in, in in the Dean Dome. That'd be crazy. Well, you special. know, you know who else got to do that was Julius Peppers. Oh yeah, and he's a good player too. <laughs> Turned out okay for him, <laughs> I think. So. Yeah. He was a really good basketball player, though, wasn't he? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, good basketball. Yeah. Obviously, you know, football, you know. NFL, you know, what a career. But uh, on the basketball court, I think I heard he was a problem too. So I bet he was. No doubt about that. Drake, when you hear your name mentioned in the Heisman Trophy conversation, do you have to try to block that out? Do you just say, okay, this is part of the job? Or do you say, all right, let's go. Keep mm-hmm. keep keep saying that name. No, I wouldn't. I, I think I just, um, you know, take it kind of as a grain of salt, you know, knowing uh, obviously it's a dream as any, any college football player, you know, to, to win the Heisman, uh, but you know, the, the main focus is obviously winning games and uh, getting to the ACC championship, and uh, hopefully take uh, take it on whoever gets there um, from the Atlantic side. So I think that's that's the main focus, and I'm I'm just trying to uh, not really block it out, but not make it the main focus. I'm so, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I don't mean to interrupt you, but if I was the quarterback at North Carolina and people were talking about me potentially being in the mix for the Heisman Trophy, 
I don't understand this block it out nonsense. I would be like <laughs> embracing the heck out of it. I would I Desmond Howard the Heisman pose every single time yeah. I threw a touchdown pass. Like I would make it the whole thing. Like I'm not and I know you don't want to Drake you know, might get stuck in that position. He has thrown Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like What do you have to do? <laughs> why why do you have to block it out? Why can't why can't people embrace it? Enjoy it. I know. I think I'd um, say Heisman in every interview I've ever done for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's good. That's, that's a good way to look at it. I think uh, I'm just trying to, you know, like I said, just focus on uh, kind of what, what what the team is oriented. I mm-hmm. think you also getting in the competition comes with winning games. You got to win games and uh, you know, go out there and perform each week because um, you know every week, any given Saturday in college football, no matter who you're playing. So. Before we let you go, Drake, I got one more question from from my my sources. I hear you hate scary movies. Not a fan. Yeah, no doubt. Not a fan. What movie hurt you the most? For me, it was The Ring. What What was yours that you're like, nope, I'm done? I think a couple years ago, I went to see It, you know, clowns, um, <laughs> you know, clowns or pop-out stuff. Not a fan. Also, not a fan of heights and stuff. So, roller coasters, stuff like that. Just scary things not really don't really settle with me very. Yeah, meanwhile. Football players are the most scared of roller coasters of <laughs> any athlete group Meanwhile, a 265-pound linebacker who can run a 4-2 and put his shoulder on your chest doesn't scare you. I will (laughs) say with scary movies, the thing I don't like about them isn't that they're actually – they make me nervous. Like I don't think that being startled is fun. Like – like the idea of just a loud noise coming out of nowhere and just making you jump and like the popcorn gets all over. Cause I was at popcorn, you know, it gets all over you. Like I, I, they don't actually scare me, but like, yeah, it is interesting. It's like, you don't want to go on a roller coaster because uh, it's too high for you, but now you're all reaching all these heights in college football. So it's, it's a, a little bit different than that way. Yes, sir. You know, it's roller coaster, especially yeah, that feeling so, of being stuck up there is, I'd rather, definitely rather get you know get hit with a by a linebacker, one hundred percent, no doubt. <laughs> so Carowinds, no thank you. Three hundred thirty pound D tackle. Yeah, sure. bring what the on. hell? Yeah, bring <laughs> him on. Bring him on. <laughs> yeah, Drake May, thank you so much for joining us. It was awesome. Yeah, yes, good luck this season. Yeah, it was, it's really. I will say this. I, I think that watching North Carolina is much watched television every week. I don't know about you, Andy, but I always oh, yeah. make sure I have it on at least one of my screens. And it's been a pleasure watching you this year. And, and good luck moving forward. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, you know, come watch this Saturday. We got a big one at night um, over there in Winston Salem. So uh, we'll get after it. go heels, baby. North Carolina at Wake Forest. We're gonna get to our traditional Iowa total pick, but first we're gonna pick this total. Pick the over. The total is 77. Guys, these two teams have played each of the last two years. The total last year was 113. <laughs> the total the year before was 112. This is wow. going over. Drake May and Sam Hartman are going to have big days. <laughs> you don't even have to you don't even have to know what the number is, right? You just kind of feels low now. Now you yes. say it that way. <laughs> yes. I think I read a stat somewhere uh, going into last weekend that games that had totals of 71 or higher uh, this year were 1 in 10 of over going over. Going to be 2 in 10 after this one. <laughs> this is, this is going to – like, For, I don't think these two defenses are suddenly going to show up. Now, you had the, the situation where Louisville forced six Wake Forest turnovers in a quarter. I don't think that's going to happen again. I can't it, see North Carolina was, doing this. It was also like forced is a generous term for right. some of those because those Giveaways. were just yeah and and Sam Hartman's not going to do that again. Also, North Carolina's defense has played better in a lot of 
situations, but this is still a defense that gave up 40 points in one quarter to App State. So just mm. keep that in mind. Oh, I can't wait for this game. It's this is this is a primetime game. Yes. I'm very excited about this. And this will be on the second screen. You'll have TCU Texas on the on the main screen. Does that the night game second. too? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh wow. So, I like that's what I like. I like the uh build up. No. Yeah. We're against you, we're, we're opposites on this. Oh, Give me you the want big, the big game games right at out noon. of the gate. Yes, right. I do. All right. Well, let's go to our traditional other total that we pick. Wisconsin and Iowa, the total is 35 and a half. I still want to take the under. Okay, so this I love is, the under here. This is significantly less than half of the total that yes, we just discussed. Yes, yes. Okay. Just checking. It's well, I mean, the, the North Carolina uh, Wake game is going to be 21 to nothing with 10 minutes left in this the first is, quarter. This is, or 21 14 <laughs> when, or whatever. When we, when we, when Bet MGM opens like an Andy Staples show wing of the sports book, we should have our own props. And our prop this week should be will the Wisconsin Iowa total be less than a third of the North Carolina Wake Forest total? The week before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that would be a great prop. I'm going to say go over in this. And, and listen, I'm just going to be, I'm, I'm going to go against lots of our narratives on this show, but uh, maybe I was figured some things out offensively the last two weeks. You had spicy Spencer Petrus saying mm-hmm. like, you know, one here believed in me. And, you know, you guys thought we were cowards. Cowards don't quit on the team. There's no cowards here. I mean, no, we just thought you were not good at offense. And I think right, Wisconsin's going to prove us right again. I, so. Yeah, well, I'm thinking, you know, Wisconsin surprised us a little bit since Jim Leonard's taken over, too. I'm going to say we're going to go over here. Oh, this the shootout between Wisconsin it would, this and would Iowa. Be a shoot. This would be a shootout. This is a game of field position, guys. You know, Let's, I always like to talk I, about special teams. If but I staked position. you, Andy, mm-hmm. and I said you had to pay a thousand bucks, but... Or I will pay you. Wait, I'm sorry. Just keep okay. talking. Let me think this through. It's math. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh no, it's it's Ari myth. Ar- okay, I got it. Ari okay. math. Would you would you pay? <laughs> you stake a thousand dollars. Um, but I you win fifty as long as the North Carolina Wake total finishes higher than the Wisconsin. T- would you take that bet? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm getting 50, 50 bucks. You lose a thousand. You lose a thousand if Wisconsin Iowa go over. No, I, th- I think you could safely <laughs> yeah. take that. Bet yeah, I, I will have. I, give me my fifty bucks right now. <laughs> it would be so well, funny if you had to watch, like, if you had a bet it, and you had to watch this, those side by side, and you're like this, rooting for Wisconsin and Iowa to. Uh, this storm to is moving that way, but it will be gone. Like, th- what uh, we say that, and the storm would hit. Winston Salem, and there would be it would be like the the Northwestern Ohio State game last week, and there'd be no way to, for anybody to throw. Mm. Yeah, and it's no, just like the coward. Not, I, I don't think I they'd still go. If, even if Wake and North Carolina kept it on the ground, they'd still go over the total of the yes. Wisconsin Iowa. There game. would be missed tackles. There would be there would be lots of things that would happen. Just a bunch of grab ass, Nicole. You can say it. It's grab ass. <laughs> I'm not, I'll let you say that. All right, let, let's stay in the Big Ten. Ohio State. A 39 and a half point favorite against Indiana. Remember a couple of years ago when this game was was massive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so does Ohio State get back to form? The weather should be better. It shouldn't be so extreme as it was in 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 Evanston. Uh Ohio State feels like they got a little bit to prove. I don't think it matters so much that they they prove anything to us before the Michigan game, but I would love to see their offensive line play, play a little bit better in the run game. 
Yeah, I would like to see them be able to run the ball with running backs when they need to run the ball. Like that mm-hmm. would be that would be great to see. Yeah, I do think they cover. Indiana has not been playing well um, over the last month and a half, and I do think they need to prove something to themselves, but also to everyone else. They've heard it, what everyone's been saying over the last week. Yeah, there was a year. Um, I think it might have been 2015. There, it was 2015, and the spread of the Ohio State Indiana game was 17 and a half. And Ohio State was playing there on the road. Um, I think it was in November. And I told my friend, uh, there is no possible way that Ohio State doesn't cover this game. And he went to a sports book and put a sizable amount of money on it. And he was wrong. I was wrong. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> what? And it was, I think that they had like an 80 yard touchdown run in the last minute of the game to, to backdoor it. Oh. And ever since then, I have been scarred when it comes to trying to gauge Ohio State Indiana games. The spread is massive. Um, it could, and it's like with Ohio State every week, it's like, are they going to play grab ass for a half and then win by 28? Or are they going to just come out and go Death Star mode right out of the out of the gate? And it's like, I feel like it's increasingly more difficult to decide um, when Ohio State's going to show up and when they're not. And I, I find them to be one of the more frustrating and harder teams to gamble on, to be I, honest. I would like to see them go Death Star mode personally, because I'm, I'm right now I'm I'm ready to pick Michigan when they play. But yeah, no, me too. We'll see. One more game before we go. Alabama is an 11 and a half point favorite at Ole Miss. I don't, this feels about right because I think Jameer Gibbs is going to have a huge game. I think Jace McClellan is going to have a huge game. And I think Alabama's defense is good enough to control the Quinshawn Judkins, Zach Evans, two headed monster. So you're picking Alabama to cover? I am picking Alabama to cover. I, I, I think Ole Miss I think is in the, the wrong place at the wrong time right now. This that's is a how bad I feel. spot for Ole yep, Miss. That's how I feel. <laughs> First time we've seen Alabama have two losses this early in the season in forever. You don't want to be the game that's after that. No, no. They've lost two games basically on the final play. We're shoveling dirt on them. We're like, Alabama Dynasty's over. Yeah, they're. they're I've got they're a prediction. Really okay, go for it. And I, I'm going to make this my official prediction of the of the weekend. Okay. LSU loses to Arkansas and Alabama beats Ole Miss. Okay. And LSU is still the SEC West champ unless they lose again. I'm just saying we're going to have to talk about Alabama and the SEC championship game at some point next week. Oh, boy. Well, we'll find out. If you're hearing us talk about that on Saturday night, then Ari was right. If you don't, then uh, it was like when Ari lost his friend all that money. (laughs) But the thing, too, is you got to remember, I want to see a world kind of where Alabama fans – become Aggies for a week. No, you just want to see a world where a regular season result is meaningless because apparently that's what you care Mm -hmm. about. Yeah. Well, actually they would, they wouldn't be meaningless. It would be LSU losing a regular season game. That The LSU loss for Alabama would be meaningless, but you just want to watch great football. So wouldn't you rather watch Alabama play? This would be a, I think we should wrap up the show before this devolves. Andy. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Let's just say in a 12 team playoff, Alabama at Ole Miss, would be a winner, winner makes the playoff, loser doesn't mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. So just saying. Yeah, actually, mm-hmm. uh, and I you know we've been on all Miss all year, and I don't want to disrespect them. I really do think that their team can score. 
And the thing I'm, I'm very curious about more than ever uh, before you wrap this up is what is Alabama this year? Is this a very good team that if they turned it on is a national caliber, national title caliber team, or is it just a team with deep rooted issues that isn't the Alabama that we've become accustomed it, to seeing? Cause I don't know a, which one it is. It's a very good team that is not as explosive on offense as we're used to seeing. That's, that's what it is. And that's, we'll, we'll see. Maybe they prove us wrong, but that's what they are right now. We will talk to you after the games. Can't wait. <laughs>